and welcome to Cracking Cryptids and Curios. This is Matt, once again, joined by Angel. This episode, we shall be looking at yet another curious curio in the form of the Wedge of Ayud, an interesting and allegedly out-of-this-world aluminum piece of metal that was supposedly found where it shouldn't have been. Just like Angel and his hand being found in the cookie jar, it shouldn't have been there. But before the cookies get crumbled, Angel, we must find out what nigh-impossible goals are before us in this episode as our year-long journey to better ourselves marches on. So what is your first goal for me? Are you familiar with the interrupting cow knock-knock joke? Vaguely. Well, (laughs) your goal for today is to face that cow. How good are you at handling last-minute interruptions and maintaining composure? Whenever the cow presents itself, you'll have to somehow tie in the cow and redirect the interruption back to the focus. (laughs) What? (laughs) I have to redirect the cow? Sure. (laughs) I don't know. What's the joke? (laughs) The knock knock joke. Oh, it's a knock knock. Who's there? Interrupting cow. Interrupting moo. cow who? <laughs> so you're just going to moo at me during the episode? Maybe. <laughs> Should we direct the moos? <laughs> it is pretty much a requirement this far into the show that something in this episode is likened, for better or worse here, Angel, to a movie. I'm looking at you, Castaway. Well, there is a quaint importance to being grandiose, Angel. Being over the top, as they say. So this episode, we will, we will work on that for you. Whenever you mention a movie in this episode, you need to do it as the main character of that movie and include that character's point of view. <laughs> I don't even understand how that's going to work. <laughs> so if you, if, you, if you liken something to the Santa Claus, you have to be Tim Allen. <laughs> Uh, through through the uh, guise of his character, Calvin something? <laughs> Santa Claus? God, make sure not to mention any movies. <laughs> For your second goal, your love of Frasier knows no bounds. <laughs> I remember one Halloween you dressed up as Eddie the dog. <laughs> and the next year you dressed up as Martin, Frasier's father. The year, the year after that, you dressed up as Niles and Daphne. That was definitely tricky <laughs> to pull off. It was. However, one thing weighed on my mind, which is why you've never attempted to dress up as the man himself, Frasier. Your goal is to bring up the one Frasier episode that caused you to swear off becoming Frasier. Explain what about Frasier's actions was so off-putting. And rid yourself of this burden forever. (sighs) Oh, Frasier. Speaking of quaint importances, Angel, there's there's something special about being able to have a good poker face. To slip things by people unnoticed. This episode, you need to tell two lies and one truth about yourself. Okay. Um, So, Matt, for your third goal... 
another one of your favorite TV shows was Wings. Think of... <laughs> it actually was. <laughs> think, think about your favorite episode. Now that you have planes, trains, and visiting cranes in mind, the episode that <laughs> Frasier shows up to perform a workshop on low self-esteem to send people on a so-called crane train, your goal is... <laughs> Your goal is that you are to explain how this episode and not Cheers was how your love of Frasier began. Bringing in the uh, the wider Cheers cinematic universe into this episode. <laughs> well, speaking of, of two lies and a truth, sometimes those chickens come home to roost, if you catch my drift. That's double idioms, Angel, which means you're going to the proverbial big house this episode. A lifetime ago, you mentioned something seemingly very important to you. Very important. The Mandy Moore lore tour. If this was indeed not just a a made-up lie, you will have no problem sharing four Mandy Moore lore tidbits with us during this episode. Of course. Can you take the crane train on a Mandy Moore lore door? <laughs> Angel, hold firm your hands upon your butt. We have a, a rather unique item to investigate this episode that, by its alleged origins, is going to siphon your lifeblood, not unlike the vampires in the age of the New England vampire panic. We will be investigating a supposed item linking our world to ancient aliens. Our you, Ayud, ready. I'm a can of beans and you cannot open me up in order for us to proceed. So we can't proceed? <laughs> You're not ready? Well, <laughs> so I had asked the AI to give me a response and it said, I'm as ready as a can of beans. Just don't ask me to open up. I figured I'd reword it, but it just doesn't sound right. God. I'm already angry. Our... <laughs> Well, it's, it, it's safe to say over the past three years that we have done this show that when aliens are mentioned, it, it doesn't sit well with you, right? When the, the alien theories come up? I feel like they're a cop-out. They're if, too easy? Yeah, you, you can't figure out why something is the way it is. It's, you just say, oh, aliens did it. Like, come on. It's, um, is, that like the, is that like the narrative ending of a story version of it was all a dream um yeah i think so um i would like to further add that aliens aren't real (laughs) you might be you might be thinking oh this episode was recorded before those congressional hearings right no 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 that's a a firm stance that you've had this (laughs) entirety of this show (laughs) are Exploration of the Wedge of Ayud takes us back to a time and place that you are quite familiar with, Angel. 1974 Romania. The banks of Emira's River around a mile from Ayud. Ayud, Romania. 1974, Angel, for context, that's the year President Richard Nixon resigned. The year that the skeleton dubbed Lucy of the Astropithecus afarensis species was found. The Rubik's Cube was invented by Erno Rubik. Actor (laughs) Seth Green was born in 1974. You know who else was born in 1974? 
Um, I'm going to take a few guesses. Could it be possibly Kimbo Slice, the one you're talking about? No. Or, okay, then maybe it's <laughs> Tiffany Thiessen, every young boy's crush from the 90s. It wasn't. Okay. <laughs> well, then maybe it's Steve Nash, a Canadian <laughs> basketballer. Basketball not, player. Not to be confused with Steve Nash, the rugby league footballer. It's not our new... The NFL guy and the, and the author. Chad. Why is it? Yeah, Chad Lewis. Our new Chad Lewis. Steve Nash. Steve Nash. <laughs> Could it be Jewel who will save your soul? Or maybe. You sounded like a cartoon dog. Southern <laughs> <Some> accent. Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't you have me do that once already? <laughs> to be Scooby-Doo? I don't know. <laughs> it sounds familiar. Or maybe or maybe it was Bear Grylls. You know, I did see him on the list, but he's too busy eating grubs. <laughs> well, you know, he did have Mel B on once and he got stung by a jellyfish and then he had her she peed on him. <laughs> I think we've talked about this too before. Maybe during your Spice Girls tour thing. It could also be uh, uh, Farhan Akhtar, Indian film director, screenwriter, actor, singer, producer, and television host. Wow, it, it wasn't, but I'll stop you there. Christian Bale was the name I was looking for. Does really? it unsettle you that, that Seth Green and Christian Bale are the same age by nearly 10 days or so difference? <laughs> wow, that is, that, that is not who I thought you were going to say. And then there's Jimmy Fallon was born that year, and Leonardo DiCaprio was born, and you know who else, Angel? Victoria Beckham, Posh Spice. Posh Spice was born that year. You should have known that one. It's getting hot in here because you know who else was born? Nelly was born in 1974. Well, you you mentioned Posh Spice, but you failed to mention Mel C. I thought I was giving you a segue when I mentioned Mel B. Sporty Spice yep. was also born in 74. That My is correct. Gord. <laughs> Three of the five Spice Girls in one year. What a magical year. And the Ayud Wedge was found. What's an amazing year, right? Sure, if you just don't count all the other stuff that happened, like maybe uh, Tropical Cyclone, Cyclone Tracy this nearly destroying the city of Darwin in Australia. Back when it had forty about forty six thousand inhabitants, thirty over thirty thousand were uh, <clears throat> forced required to evacuate. God, some never Talks even the entire city. Some never even returned. I look, some even returned or never no, returned. They were no, they never returned. Oh. Um, I I looked it up now, and, and the current population is at uh, around on around a hundred something thousand. So. Not much oh, so has just changed. people people just took their place. They gained sixty thousand people? Yeah. Oh. Wow. Yeah, and, and not only that, it was it was quite literally the perfect storm because normally you would be aware that a cyclone is coming. However, they had just uh been alerted to an earlier cyclone, Selma that passed west of the city and didn't affect them. 
And so at that point, they were pretty complacent. And guess what? It was December 24. They were celebrating Christmas. They're not worried about a cyclone. My this God. thing destroyed them on Christmas. A Christmas cyclone <laughs> in 74? Yup. Yeah. Pretty devastating. Uh, about uh, in 2022, uh, U.S. $5.2 billion worth of damage. Wow. But yeah, a huge object. That's great. <laughs> so we at least know it was a jam-packed year of 1974. Just a, a baby bonanza of your favorite actors and singers. We know where it was found. Ayud, Romania, which is roughly a bit northwest of central Romania and Transylvania. If you don't know where Romania is, it's between Hungary and the Black Sea. If you don't know where Hungary or the Black Sea is, well, picture this. Ayud, Romania is just 7,759 miles west of Honolulu, Hawaii. In terms everyone knows, that's roughly 32,775 Empire State Buildings length and distance. What the heck does this thing look like? Like, can you explain what the wedge of Ayud looks like? Sure. So, are you familiar with an excavator? Uh, it's funny because, yes, because um, with having a small child, apparently, like, children's shows and songs love to have excavator songs. <laughs> and just, like, excavator everything, just construction everything. So there's, like, constant, there's a Cocoa Melon song about excavators that Cody sings. <laughs> Oh my god. Well, <laughs> well good. <laughs> that means most people listening should be familiar with an excavator and the excavator bucket usually has like the the teeth to do its digging. Those teeth are made up of individual components. They're wedge-shaped. That's what the wedge of a huge looks like. It's like when your teeth chomp on those cookies that you get from the cookie jar. <laughs> I shovel them in. Just chomp, chomp, chomp. And I just picture you have teeth like Jaws from James Bond. I bite an apple to show how strong my teeth are. <laughs> Was he showing us how strong his teeth are or how strong his jaw is? Some, something. Like not, his, not name, his name isn't teeth. <laughs> I mean, I guess uh, indirect, they're indirectly uh, strong since... You can have strong jaws and weak teeth. They break in an instant. Oh, no. I think he does have, like, metal teeth. Yeah. I wonder what type of metal. Are they aluminum? <laughs> They're made out of the same thing that the Ayud <laughs> object is. So this wedged thing, it's about five pounds as well. So just hold a little five-pound something in your hands, and then you got the Ayud wedge. It's about eight and a half by five by two point seven five inches. So it takes about both hands to hold it firmly. But according to the 2013 book, The Mammoth Book of Unexplained Phenomena by Roy Bainton, the wedge looks like a hammerhead. Did you think that when you looked at it? It looks like a hammerhead that was found 35 feet underground next to mastodon bones. Now, when an object is found underground in proximity to other objects, there is an idea that they are from the same time period. So Roy Baton states its existence alongside prehistoric mastodons would make the item at least 11,000 years old. The issue here is that the wedge is allegedly made of aluminum alloy containing 12 other elements, and aluminum was not produced in heavy quantities until... 1885, a year you also know well. 
<laughs> yeah, it's um near and dear to me. Can't wait to get your top five celebrities born in 1885. <laughs> I'll start um, listing <laughs> Robert Fogle. <laughs> Famed silent actor. <laughs> How do you how do you think an aluminum chunk of metal allegedly ended up next to some mastodon bones? Mastodons. mastodons. We're talking about mastodons here. I guess they were using it as a doorstop. The mastodons. <laughs> Who made the doors? People. I'm pretty sure mastodons and people lived side by side. Does yeah, that mean people are eleven thousand years old too? <laughs> Depends on who you ask, but the the um, were they putting them in like a barn? Just hold the barn doors up. <laughs> They're domesticating. How big of a barn mastodons. would you need for mastodons? <laughs> well, who knows? Maybe maybe this is a, a what it, they say it's a mastodon. But what if everyone's questioning? I'm I'm getting ideas. Everyone's questioning the Ayuda object. Like, oh, this thing this thing is out of place because it's it's it shouldn't belong in this time period. But what if, what if those people that were trying to create mastodons from current living elephant DNA have been experimenting and they created something kind of mastodon-like, but not quite right. So they had to kill it and they had to bury it. So how do you bury things that big? With an excavator. <laughs> so the, the <laughs> ones trying to create mastodons again were the ones that put the uh, object down there? They put the object down there because they were trying to get rid of the bones of this freak of nature they created. <laughs> they had to hide the evidence. They made a, a bizarro mastodon <laughs> that just kept ruining things. <laughs> it looks too much like an elephant. Get rid of it. <laughs> Uh, scrap it all. <laughs> so we have a chunk of aluminum that is next to ancient animal bones. But for some people, this is proof that aliens have visited the planet because an object from one time period being found next to an object from a drastically different time period underground. I, with that said, we could probably do a whole season on objects found in curious places and seemingly in the wrong time period. But it got me thinking about the mastodon bones, Angel. That's a pretty unique and cool thing to be next to in the ground. So I want from you, Angel, the top five worst things from the past that the Wedge of Ayud could have been found next to that aren't mastodon bones. Okay, so I took a little, a few liberties with from the past, meaning anything that maybe is older than right now oh. <laughs> or something that depicts old uh, something from long ago. So, <clears throat> number five, worst things from the past, the Wedge of Ayud could have been found next to that aren't Mastodon bones. Uh, number five, Jack Black Circle Year One. The <laughs> movie Year One. <laughs> You're referencing that movie, so that's not Jack Black. <laughs> to be Jack Black. <laughs> I don't think I've ever seen that movie. <laughs> he's just like a cave, not a caveman, Do but they he's a grunt. Uh, <laughs> no, he's he's like a Roman citizen. Oh, I think it's been a long time since I didn't. You know who's in that? It's Michael Sarah, wax man. 
he comes back again. <laughs> the wax, the waxer. Wait, Zach uh, says Jack Black Zed, who is what? It's just the the wiki page just says once informed that the hunter Zed ate from the tree of not. Like, what do you mean once informed? What? what how does it start there? <laughs> I guess he didn't know he ate from it. I'm supposed to somehow respond as Jack Black in this film. <laughs> am I in the? Am, am I in this? Podcast as Jack Black. <laughs> it's whatever you want. <laughs> Michael Cera's character is O. Oh. oh. <laughs> Maybe they are cavemen. I can't remember. Containing O. <laughs> well, it says they're tribes, so I'm just gonna. Uh, oh. Uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh. Oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Just grunts. Is he, is he the tool man of your one? <laughs> I think. I mean, I'm reading. I'm reading that this had a poor review, so I'm guessing I'm just doing. I'm doing the movie a better a better service than the movie itself did. How about number two, or number four, whatever? <laughs> okay, okay. Um, so number four on the on the top five of worst things, Pliny the Elder's remains. Because who likes that guy anyway? <laughs> Mastodon's killed in the volcano, too. <laughs> Apparently. Number three, Dr. Carl Shooker's VHS collection. It's, it's a big one. He has a lot. Yep. He's always posting about his new finds. <laughs> He's a VHS hunter. <laughs> yes, he is. And he loves all those old movies. There's movies I've never even heard about. <laughs> Number two is the IBM 5100 computer. Now, if you're not familiar with that, that is a computer that John Titor came back to 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 get for his uh, time machine or something. But guess what year that uh, he was supposed to return to to get that computer? 1974? 1975. Oh. So... I think finding that computer with the mastodon bones in '74 <laughs> prior means that John Titor messed up, or did it right, <laughs> or did it right? Yeah, I haven't worked out the logic yet, so I'm just gonna go with whatever makes sense. To get the buckle. <laughs> One of my alternate answers was John Titor got the buckle. I mean, John Titor's buckle was found. <laughs> <laughs> okay number one this is uh number one worst thing from the past the wedge of iu could have been found next to that isn't a mastodon bone copies of et <laughs> no that's not my answer <laughs> wasn't uh, that an answer in the last episode <laughs> yes my my real answer is the original manuscript of the odyssey mentioning the color blue <laughs> It's just, it's all blue. The cover's blue. The pages are blue. He had to get rid of it because his uh, his editor said, why, you, why is there so much blue? <laughs> get rid of all the mentions of blue, please. Uh, 
by the way, did you know that Mandy Moore <laughs> caught the performance bug when she attended Park Maitland School in, guess where, Florida? Mm. She was cast to play the role of Adelaide in the school production of Guys and Dolls. Is that just your, your post-top five Mandy Moore fact? <laughs> like This top five brought to you by Mandy Moore? <laughs> yep. Just thought, just thought I'd let you know. It was just on your mind. Because I, I am a true Mandy Moore fan. Roy Payton doesn't really make a definitive statement on the item in his book. He just gives a, a brief rundown in his over 600-page book. But Muhammad Hakim in his 2022 book, The Extraterrestrial Glossary, which is even has more pages, takes this a bit further, Angel. Muhammad writes, this object is made up of extraterrestrial metal alloy that is not present in the time where it was found. It was made primarily of aluminum, and this wedge is alleged to be around 40,000 years old. This from the time around the time of Atlantis and Lemuria, if the legends are true. The wedge is alleged to be part of extraterrestrial craft or made on Earth before the Great Flood. So, Angel, we go from 11,000 to 40,000 between two books. How? I think, well, that book was written in 2022, you said. Due to carbon dating, the dates... <laughs> of the books? change <laughs> of the object. So, it just increases the, the time span, like, you know. Through, nearly exponentially. Through science. I forgot. I forgot how that's that's how carbon dating works. It just it gets way more if you do it again later on. Yeah, that's why a lot of people don't believe in carbon dating because it's so inaccurate. Mm-hmm. It depends on when you do it. If forty thousand years wasn't enough, CoolInterestingStuff.com has an article on the wedge and seems to be uh, quoting somebody, but it doesn't actually attribute the quote to anyone. But it has it formatted as a quote but states, based on it being found in the same uh, layer as the mastodon bones, the wedge is claimed to be at least 11,000 years old, if not millions. <laughs> Angel, we are at possibly millions of years old now. Why not just go billions? Is, is that too far? Is there a point where time becomes too absurd? I don't think so, because uh, if... The IUD object could have been created shortly after the Big Bang, I think. Um, Is it like the catalyst? Maybe. Uh, it was just jettisoned out of nothing? Yeah, I think, I mean, this could be the God object that everyone's been seeking. <laughs> I, th I just thought, it's like on the can, the tab. Is this the tab that opened it up? <laughs> the, the can of beans? That's, that's, that's what was holding it all in? <laughs> yep. And it just happened to go <laughs> hurling through time and space and collided into a mastodon. Yep, right. Somehow. Right, right <laughs> the mastodon got here before the object did. Well, I mean. Reconcile that. It, it's, uh, it's, uh, it's, you know, uh, carbon dating. The mentioning the Big Bang, it makes me think of my favorite highly intelligent comedian, Frazier. And just all the things that he does is so funny. And it makes me think of the episode where I just, I had enough of Frasier. It's Moo. called... To <laughs> it's, 
It's called To Kill a Talking Bird. In the episode, you know, Fraser is just a jerk. He's just a jerk over and over and over, over and over again. <laughs> Sounds like you're booing me. But Fraser, you know, he's just a jerk. And he and he's he says to Niles, like, well, thank you very much in that in that snotty tone of his. And it's just it's just ridiculous. And for what? For not being able to control the bo- the bird in it? I, for not killing the bird? I don't know. <laughs> I got so angry, I blacked out. <laughs> I just blacked out. And then I said, I will never dress up as this man. And I actually, like, don't like Kelsey Grammer because of that episode. Wow. It, 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 it just goes into his even his real life. And transcends into the Kelsey Grammer. There's a joke where it, I vaguely remember it, but it's like, Frazier says, I'm, I'm so hungry I could eat a horse. And Daphne says, well, if you do, I hope you have a bib. Now do it in a Seinfeld voice. <laughs> I don't know what he sounds like. <laughs> Hold on. I need to... Wait, oh, a Seinfeld voice? <laughs> I think he said a Frazier voice. <laughs> What's the deal? I'm so, I'm so hungry. I can eat a, eat a, a horse. <laughs> Wait, is that really a thing that happened? The the horse joke? That's a Fraser joke. That, that I mean, happened. if it happened that episode, I may be remiss. Oh, okay. It's also like when he says, I'm so tired, I could sleep for a week. And Niles says, well, if you do, I hope you have a good book. <laughs> oh, boy. These, these sound they really like-, like that. They like that setup and, and, and sarcastic response i mean yeah. that, that show just drips in sarcasm yeah even even it, it affects your your the way you talk about it i think i'm getting angry <laughs> i'm getting like i'm sweating just thinking about the bird episode again in in the show not fraser in the show ancient aliens your best friend, your best buddy, Giorgio Sokolos, gets to handle the wedge personally and goes goes berserk over the patina on the object, <laughs> claiming it's impossible to fake a patina. So he's just going nuts. He's like shaking. So this patina, or the greenish or brownish film that's produced on metals from oxidation, gives an idea of how old the object can be. As the thicker the patina, then presumably the older the item has been around. Apparently, people who have looked at the wedge have indicated that the patina would suggest the object is around 400 years old. At at this point, Angel, as another famous person from 1974 was born and, you know, of Pimp My Ride fame, Exhibit would likely say the timeline of this item is whack. (laughs) What do you make of the patina on the wedge? Is it as mind-melting as it? was to, to Giorgio as it is to you. Well, I mean, I, I don't think it's as mind-melting. I mean, anything could have caused the the patina to 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 get the way it is. Like, for example, maybe a tornado could have affected the object, you know, oxidized it really quick. Speaking of tornadoes, have you ever been in one? Because I have, and they're pretty they're pretty they're pretty crazy. But did you also know that when a tornado ripped through Enterprise Alabama in 2007, Mandy Moore gave a free concert at the high school's uh, senior prom. 
the Enterprise High School. Wow, you're in a tornado. How how heavy were the winds? Listen, that's neither here nor there. It was pretty weak. But still, it was pretty crazy. It was my first tornado ever. It was a weak tornado. A weak tornado. It was a weak force of nature. I, <laughs> it's like when, when in Frasier, he says, you know, I'm so angry I could spit. And Daphne says, well, if you do, I hope you have a napkin. This, this formula sounds very uh, familiar to me. <laughs> they just keep running this, this joke, this style of joke into the ground. Just watch the whole, like, 8,000 seasons of it. Good thing they're bringing it back. Yes. So we can get more. <laughs> you could you can uh, get all, gobble up all your Kelsey Grammar time. I imagine that the... <laughs> Kelsey Grammar I imagine that the, the ancient alien theory would be what you would see as the weakest theory, like that tornado. But what do you think is the most compelling theory as to how the, the wedge got into the ground? I suppose even if it's your own theory. I guess nobody really talks about how it got into the ground. Quite. No, I don't know why. <laughs> That's like the... I mean, presumably the over time, the stuff just went over. Well, I mean, I think, I think the assumption is that here's the mastodon and here's the wedge somehow at some point. The mastodon's dead and then the wedge lands here and then the layers build up. So nobody's mm -hmm. like wondering why it's there. But I feel like they're kind of making this assumption that this all occurred at the same time. If I bury a pencil in my backyard and then years from now somebody's going to dig up some old thing and then find the pencil next to it, are you going to think this from the same era? Like, that's that's absurd. <laughs> I Yeah, um, I think... Next year, Abacus? <laughs> I mean, like... I think the most... The, the what makes more the most sense is maybe they were excavating mastodon bones or something. Maybe they were trying to build something, and then one of the the excavators' uh, teeth falls out. Mm -hmm. It happens all the time, especially in Europe, of construction, and then you get down to a certain layer, and you find like <laughs> the remains of a entire like village. Or like a, a Roman road or something. Like, there have been people there for a long time. Stuff just gets grown over. It's a kind of a, a backwards thinking, I guess. I don't know how, how you would describe this. Because it's like this idea that if there's construction being done in, like, the old world, like in Europe or something. <laughs> like, you, you don't imagine seeing modern things. I guess the media also helps with that. Like all the movies about like or like Arabic places always have this foreign look to them and you don't really picture like um Dubai with all this fancy modern technology and all that stuff. Mhm. Mm That's yeah, always like depicted like it's still Arabian Nights. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Do you have any Arabian <laughs> movies that you want to bring up? Arabian movies. Um not Aladdin. <laughs> Anything else that you wanted to add before we get into the rubric of power, the collector's edition? I guess what I find interesting about this is how most people just latched on to the this concept, this this idea that they find this object, and instantly they're like, "Oh, it's it's got to be some ancient alien or something." Mm -hmm. Because I mean, Georgia goes berserk in this in ancient aliens. He 
He's like having an out of body experience. He he was yeah. I, I saw a clip. He was like, we, "This has to be investigated. It just can't be stashed away in a museum." Mm-hmm. He's <laughs> <And> livid. <laughs> I just I just want somebody to like show him another excavator tooth and, and just compare the two and be like, "Look, they look pretty alike." Mm-hmm. Oh, um, they even bring they even bring up the excavator tooth yep. idea and. There's another older gentleman there. I think he wrote Chariots of the Gods, I think. I can't recall his name. But he, he asked Giorgio, like, what's this word in, in English? And he rattles it off, and he's like, excavator tooth or something to that effect. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and and uh, they say, well, it couldn't be that because it's made of aluminum. And that's too too weak for an excavator tooth because they need it to be hard steel. And then they're, they're like, laugh about how laughable it is that it could be aluminum. What a ludicrous idea, except it's not aluminum, it's an alloy. So that means it's got a mixture of metals. The the consensus is that it's made out of uh, duralumin, mm-hmm. which was developed in 1909. So it could be that they were doing some excavations in the 1900s. And then either... Mix, missed something or just found what they wanted to find and then just piled all the dirt back on. Like the the Elder Cheese episode, they had made it to like various tombs and then over time with dust storms and stuff there, the tomb got recovered over again and then it got <laughs> more Elder Cheeses found later on. Like yep. it's not uncommon for things to be dug up once and then not found completely fill it all in again and then later on someone else comes back a century later to dig up again and lo and behold they find something else and then something left behind the last dig and speaking of being left behind most people remember Mandy Moore's breakout <laughs> breakout hit a walk to remember which is a pretty sad story however her first screen role uh, was actually the voice of a girl bear cub in in Dr. Doolittle 2 with Eddie Murphy Mm. Eddie, Doctor Doolittle too with Eddie Murphy. Uh, no, not doing that one. <laughs> I don't want to get in any trouble. <laughs> too bad it wasn't the Nutty Professor. Good thing, good thing Eddie Murphy played ninety percent of that cast, <laughs> and Mandy Moore was nowhere to be found. Nope, nope. But but, she also did the voice of uh, Aerith in Kingdom Hearts. I don't know who Aerith is. <laughs> is that a Final Fantasy character? It is a Final Fantasy VII character, yes. She uh, was uh, given a lisp for some reason. When the, English, the original English translation, her name was Aerith. But everyone's like, the Japanese version is Aerith. <laughs> then in subsequent uh, releases with this character, they they use the Japanese name, so now it sounds stupid when you say Aerith. So did Mandy Moore have to say her name with the lisp? I hope not. <laughs> That'd be a, a walk to remember. <laughs> yes, yes, indeed. I have seen that movie. Is that the one where she's in a wheelchair? Yep. How about the lore of the Ayut object? I mean, aliens did it. <laughs> it's either the, the what I find funny is that I find all the all the articles I find it's 
only presents you, it's either aliens or it's this boring excavator thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and they just and they just crap on the boring idea. <laughs> so what do you give it? I gave it a one. Mm. Yeah, like that. This one is sorely lacking in lore. Anything. I found written in a in a book was just a paragraph description of it being found next to mastodon bones, and then never theorizes like why it's next to the mastodon bones. Like it, that's really odd thing to be next to, in my opinion, the the mastodon bones. <laughs> if I if I find anything next to mastodon bones, I'd be like, wow, what caused this to be next to mastodon bones? But I did not see a single thing about that, and then I <laughs> made it. Beyond that, some theorize it's a piece of an alien ship, but. What the hell are the aliens doing landing on mastodons? If it's next to the bones to land on it and kill it? I gave it a 1.1. You know... You know what's not short on lore? Is the greater Cheers cinematic universe, which includes Frasier and Wings. And then I was... All this talk about Frasier. Of course, I love Wings. Lowell is one of my favorite characters. Roy, I love Roy. He laughs and he has a really high, like, <laughs> like, lungy laugh. And then there's Brian and Tony Shalhoub started off as Antonio Scarpacci. And, and it just gets better and better. And one of my favorite characters of all time and anything ever is Carlton. It's, I can't remember the actor's actual name, but he's this really old dude. And he was in, actually in an episode of Tales from the Crypt. And he, it's just so old and, and crotchety and like rude and he always messes with Antonio and it's funny every single time. But uh the Frasier episode, I I saw it and I was like, Wow, this guy is so so smart. He's so witty. He's so he's so everything I always wanted to be. He's so like presentable all the time and everyone laughed at his jokes. Um it was just he was just so great. I don't know where I was going with it. What did I have to do? Tell why to, why I love this? Yes. And he just shows up into the into you know Sandpiper Air into the into the airport. You know the rest was history. And then he leaves. And then everyone you know was happy that Fraser left because he's a dick. <laughs> I don't know why anybody in Cheers ever talked to him. He is just insufferable as a character. I mean, I think he was meant to be insufferable, and then for some reason, everyone was like, let's let's do a spinoff. Let's do a whole show where he's insufferable, his father's insufferable, his brother's insufferable. They're all goddamn insufferable. It's an experiment, I guess. Social experiment. <laughs> yes. Jamie Kennedy was behind it. How about the properties of the Ayud object? It's made out of an alloy of aluminum, and it's got uh, it's got an aged look, I guess. I don't. <laughs> the patina. <laughs> patina. I don't know. I mean, <laughs> what, is, what else what is, is there more to say? What else is there? <laughs> There's nothing magical about it. Even even. Like, all the alien talk. Nobody talks about, like... You know how in Independence Day, Will Smith is like, Yeah! Yeah! We're, <laughs> we're gonna kill... <laughs> kill those aliens. I'll make this look good. Actually, I think that was Men in Black, but... Um, 
but in Independence Day, um, well, Randy Quaid's in that, isn't he? He is. And Bill, Bill uh, Pullman. That's You've the done president. his speech yeah. on, I, I, on the show. Did I do the speech <laughs> some time ago? <laughs> anyway, what was I uh, saying? Brent, Brent Spiner's in it, too. <laughs> Where was I going with this? Um, you Will Smith something. Oh, the, the uh, yeah. So, I think it was, was it this? Oh, no, maybe it's not. I forget. Maybe it's Ro- Roswell. Was that a movie? <laughs> that was a TV show. It was like a a teen romance, not like romance. It was a, a teen show about aliens. No, no, no. There was there was a movie with with uh, Martin Sheen <laughs> about Roswell. Yeah, I I now I'm I I can't I can't remember. It was either Independence Day or Roswell. But there's a scene where they're like, so you're either Will Smith or Martin Sheen. Or Martin you don't know Sheen. which. <laughs> I don't know which. Um, I I often confuse the two. I have a I have a time release bomb. In, oh no, wait, that's Spawn. Never mind. Um, <laughs> Michael Jai White. Now you're Michael Jai White. Well, it was Martin or Martin Sheen? Sheen yep. Yeah. <laughs> How about John Leguizamo? Just throwing everyone. <laughs> D E D dead. <laughs> okay. Um. So so, in one of those alien movies, they they present a piece of metal to somebody, and they're like, "Check this out." <laughs> Not in those words, but more. Is that what Martin like, Sheen says? More classified, <laughs> more classified, like professional and all. And they're like, they they bend the piece of metal like into a little square, and then they set it down, and then it just unfolds itself on its own and goes back to its original shape and they're like wow this is like amazing like, this like a liquid metal like sort of deal not liquid but it was like a self-healing metal kind of thing like it just maintains like memory foam basically like it will not change its shape and and this was supposed to be like evidence of you know alien some sort of alien technology the more I think about it, I think this was Roswell because I don't remember that happening in Independence Day. But anyway, all of that to, to to bring it back to the to the wedge is like that's not even a thing people talk about. Like there's no like if it's alien technology, there's nothing special about it. There's no self healing properties of. It. I mean, it's got a patina on it for God's sakes. That's <laughs> like they don't even. It's not even no additional properties. They're not even like claim it's radioactive or anything. Giorgio just like handles the thing out of a box that has like a notebook in it and he's just like holding it the other lady has gloves on and is <laughs> but he just manhandles the object yeah uh, i mean yeah I, I gave it a one allegedly this is what i i found the composition as allegedly it, it's well not allegedly to what i found it as but allegedly this is what it is the aluminum is 89 percent of it copper 6.2 percent silicon 2.84 Zinc 1.81, lead 0.41%, tin 0.33, zirconium 0.2, cadmium 0.11%, nickel, get this angel, (laughs) 0.0024%, cobalt 0.0023%, bismuth 0.0003%, silver 0.0002%, and gallium in trace amounts. (laughs) <laughs> too, too trace to even to add up like there's no special properties given to it or anything um it's it's just it's just a chunk of metal and like you said before a doorstop basically <laughs> so i gave it a uh because somebody did the time to list out all those different elements a 1.3 <laughs> wow 
<laughs> is that uh, his Owen? name? Oh yeah, is, is that Owen Wilson? <laughs> sure is. In in one of his thirty two movies where he says "Wow, wow." Let's go with uh, uh, um, Zoolander. <laughs> I, I don't think he says it in that one. No, no way. <laughs> uh, Wedding Crashers. Then he does. How about functionality of the wedge of Ayud? On its own, it doesn't do much. <laughs> it sits in a box. Yeah. What's in the box? If you were to put it on an excavator bucket, I guess it would serve a purpose. But as it Could stands... Could unearth the earth? <laughs> yes, unearth the earth. But by itself, it just gets buried in it. How poetic. <sighs> It's like George Lucas. How he says it's poetry. Poetry? <laughs> what? Oh, God. Poetry. Perp. <laughs> Throwing me off here. I'm going to go with the fact that it's a. No, 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 no. It's a standing, a standalone object that's not being used for anything. So its purpose, I give it a one. Hmm. Some attribute it to a ship landing piece, others as an excavator tooth, as you said. Giorgio goes on to, as I mentioned before, explain that it couldn't have been an excavator tooth because what what dumbass would use aluminum? <laughs> and however, others argue because the composition of, as you said again, the duralumin, it's actually because of that can oxidize faster than expected. So the patina is because of the actual elements in there. Secondly, in that portion of the world, apparently, is it is reported as why that is this type of material, is that it's common practice for duralumin to be on excavators so as not to, uh, when it strikes the ground, it doesn't, it never causes a spark to fly up, which, because of excessive uh, coal and natural gas deposits, Angel, we don't want another Centralia event going on out there, right? We don't want another eternal flame. Because someone's digging in the ground with steel, haphazardly, Giorgio. <laughs> I gave it a 1.4. Are you how just about, going up? How about the craftsmanship of the wedge? Yeah, I feel like you're missing the 1.2. You went up 1.1 <laughs> to 1.3, 1.4. Craftsmanship. I, I didn't skip it. That's the scores I gave it. <laughs> Right, 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 right. Uh, craftsmanship. Well, I mean, For the it's reasons a well, I explained. A well built. It's a well crafted object. I think. I mean, it's is it? Main, it's maintained <laughs> its shape. It's maintained its shape throughout the millions of years that it's been buried <laughs> since it crash landed on this planet, going through the skull of a mastodon, and then dig into the ground thirty feet down. Next to our already dead mastodon, I just—I mean, it's a, it's a sturdy object, and it's and it's holding up. The fact that it was, <laughs> except for the patina, <laughs> the fact that two, uh, the this guy Giorgio handled it with his bare hands, and this thing is still intact. I think says a lot about his craftsmanship. You would think all the oils <laughs> on his skin, which is why presumably the woman is wearing gloves. Would have messed with it, but it didn't. I thought a completely different. I thought you meant because he's like known to crush things with his hands. No, the like only with man his jaws. To do that. But the only 
<laughs> the only man known to do that uh, f- crushes phonographs. Mm-hmm. The the the, <laughs> the tech TV <laughs> lord among men. Craftsmanship. I gave it a two. <laughs> Sounded disappointed that you gave it a two. <laughs> I mean, I had to give it. I had to give it a bone. Throw a bone. <sighs> A mastodon bone. It looks like an old chunk of discarded metal. It is not aesthetically pleasing in one bit. If it was indeed part of an alien spaceship, like, good lord, how do these alien these aliens need to go back to the drawing table and make their ships cooler? Because <laughs> it's just a chunk of metal. I gave it a, for craftsmanship, a 1.2. There it is. <laughs> how about the desirability of the... A good object. <laughs> the desirability. I mean, this thing, I can go out and buy my own. Maybe. <laughs> you can you can break into a construction yard and then smash off an excavator smash tooth. Off. In in your opinion of the object, I have no desire <laughs> to have this thing in anywhere near me. I give it a zero. Oh. Angel, the the museum it went to in Transylvania, it has just kept it in a box since the 70s, and it is still not on display. So essentially, the keepers of the object, they don't even want it because it's just in a box (laughs) and pisses Giorgio off. But for desirability, apparently he's one of the people that want it, but the people that have it don't. I gave it a point one. A zero point one. Wow! Like overall, I I thought it was neat how it's like this episode at the time of recording, as you mentioned, is coinciding with the congressional UAP hearing. But like, there's definitely an enthusiasm about extraterrestrials at this moment, which is neat. But this object was the pits. <laughs> it was just downright the pits. I gave it a total of a 5.1 wow i have a (laughs) my total is a five that gives us angel for the wedge of iud a 5.05 wow (laughs) is that our lowest score no it's down there it's down there for objects for sure the basano vase is lower what did that have 4.5 Ooh. But you know what that gave us was Night Horse. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> That's that the origin the story score. of Night Horse. <laughs> the Dropa Stones are higher. Oh, God. I forgot about those. <laughs> and so is the Iceman Curse. Is it just me or it's just all the objects that we look into? It's not that great. Objects, really, are the pits. I mean, the best object we had was a cursed painting. <laughs> no, actually, it was a crystal skull. I mean, who wouldn't want to talk to aliens? That one had aliens, too, yeah. <laughs> like, ghost aliens, almost, too. <laughs> yeah. At least those aliens were real, not not this Ayud stuff. I wonder if all these people that believe in these different things, like the crystal skulls and the dropa stones, I wonder if, all, if they've ever all gotten together and discussed their theories amongst each other maybe they can make connections like maybe the dropa stone is another device for that ship that connects with the ayud object mm-hmm. and uh you know maybe these guys just have to 
knock their heads together, put all these brains in one so they can solve the, the, the mystery of all these objects. Well, they do sort of have a woven connection because the crystal skulls, according to one person, the skull was, I remember, like a Atlantean priestess was eye-lasered, I think, into a crystal skull, I believe. And Muhammad, in this episode, in his book, he mentioned Atlantis being potentially around the time period that the object goes back to. So, I think you broke the case. The aliens came to Atlantis. We need to look more into this Muhammad character. (laughs) Oh. (laughs) I thought we were on the same page. We weren't. Yeah, Atlantis too, sure. Uh, there's a documentary, or no, a series, I think, on Netflix about Atlantis. A lot of people uh, shit on it, but <laughs> I don't want to watch it. Did it get unless as, I have to. Did it get as much hate as the Jada Pinkett Cleopatra? No, nothing got <laughs> Wedge of Ayud, you've just been cracked. <laughs> Okay, Borat. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. We're on Instagram at Cracking Cryptids. We're also on threads at Cracking Cryptids. You don't have to memorize different names. I don't know if Matt wants to do so, but I am no longer promoting the other site because they're causing me to change the name every week. So I'm just done. We're still on there. If you know our name, follow us. If not, it doesn't matter. We're on threads. Did you hear about the sign? The X sign? (laughs) Yes. (laughs) And the lights. Yeah. Oh, God. Just the pits. (laughs) (laughs) Just the pits. Even that it's going to be an object in the future. The X sign. (laughs) (laughs) It's going to be buried in the ground somewhere in a (laughs) landfill. (laughs) Next to some mastodon bones. People are going to think, what does this mean? Some alien civilization left this X here. Man, that's a way to just screw with future generations. Just bury mastodon bones in random places. <laughs> or freak of nature is like that company that's trying to bring back mastodons. Mm-hmm. They need to team up with the that Flemish corporation that are killing the pigs for their blood, for the blood oh, water. Yeah. <laughs> just need to do that with mastodon, so then we have an excess of mastodon bones to just uh, place around, like geocaches. <laughs> the geocache, uh, my when, game, my version. Yep, the dilapidated geocaching. <laughs> Put mastodon bones in an abandoned factory. A, a factory that's like condemned, basically. <laughs> Anyone who walks in will surely die. Well, because you got your traps too. <laughs> Got about the traps. Oh man! And there's probably random homeless people living in there that are ready to scream at you when you walk in. <laughs> They're part of the traps, actually. <laughs> they know what to avoid so that they don't hurt themselves. We also have an email in case uh, you're inclined to send us some text, textual words, cracking cryptids and curios at gmail.com. That's Gmail. Dot com. You can let us know your favorite Frasier episode. Is it to kill a talking bird? 
<laughs> Please tell us another one of those Frasier setup jokes. I got, I got millions of them because so, I've watched so many episodes. <laughs> like, Frasier's like... <laughs> you know how I said the horse one before? He loves yeah. horses. This is part of his thing. He's like, I'm so nervous. I could eat a horse. And Niles goes, well, if you do, I hope you have a fork. <laughs> what exactly does that mean? If you do, if he does eat a f- horse? Yep. Like, if, you, if you commit to this thing that you're going to do, Frasier, I guess they're always, I guess he, he says a lot of stuff and never does it. It's a flaw in his character. So they're, they're just over his shit. So they just say, if, if you're actually going to do this, then you better be prepared. Like when he says, I'm so thirsty, I could drink a river. And Martin responds back to him, well, if you do, I hope you have a straw. <laughs> I, I want to see the version of Frasier where this is just the whole thing. Every, this, uh, the whole episode. <laughs> <laughs> like he just says a random thing and then that, that just goes on and on. <laughs> it's almost like, like the... Like uh, an AI writing an episode. This is what we get to look forward to in the future. <laughs> yep. <laughs> when Frasier comes back, written by AI. <laughs> Creative original. The strike still isn't over. And uh, since the actors are here on strike, they'll just generate the, the action. Mm-hmm. Come Computer on. Generated. They have so many hours of Kelsey Grammer being Frasier. <laughs> just. <laughs> just. <laughs> Cut the episode to make new episodes. <laughs> Sometimes he has more hair than in later scenes. Then his hair grows back. <laughs> oh, AI. Where would we be without you? Probably in a better place. We're on uh, all your favorite podcast hosting platforms. We know you have several of them. You'll find us on all of them. We will follow you home if that's what you'd like. So go ahead and subscribe. What, what were your two lies and the truth? I did say I was a true Mandy Moore fan at some point. And that's true. <laughs> that's your uh, truth? By, by, your, by your showing us of your four Mandy Moore Lord tour <laughs> facts. I did say I was in a tornado. That's a lie. Mm. <laughs> I, 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 <laughs> wow. I had to make sure, you know. I'm supposed to have written down the things that I said, and I don't know why I didn't write down the last lie. But I know it's in there somewhere. <laughs> I said oh, Being a Mandy Moore fan was true. I mean, if that's what you want it to be. <laughs> so I, did say a tr- I did say a truth, but... Oh, yeah, I remember the truth. It was that I saw the Mandy Moore movie. <laughs> oh. <laughs> the walk to remember. That was your truth. Oh, my God. <laughs> And I gave out all my many more tidbits. Mm-hmm. They were juicy. <laughs> like like having candy in your mouth. Can't wait for, for the next candy uh, anniversary. It's coming up, right? There's already candy in, in the store. It's Halloween candy. Oh, we're talking about the, the Mandy Moore. <laughs> I don't know what the date is. You're the, you're the Mandy Moore guy. Well, I'm telling you, it's coming up. Is that the day you first saw... Candy and fell in love with Mandy Moore. I believe it's Is that the, the anniversary. That, I believe it's the day it, it released. The release, yeah. Which was the day you saw it. I mean, you're waiting for MTV right. to come on to see the oh, premiere of the video. Yeah, that's. It's August 17, 1999. Yep. Got home from school, put on Total Request Live, watched Carson Daly, 
countdown to the premiere. So Thursday, uh, three three weeks from this recording, gotta gotta throw another big bash. <laughs> this has gone on long enough. As always, <laughs> toss salads and scrambled <laughs> eggs. <laughs> they call in again. <laughs> This has been an I am actually traveling back into time production. So I'm just gonna, uh, oh, uh, 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 u